Hello all, welcome back to the Country Intelligence Report. We are your hosts, Spencer Bentley, Terrell Cummings, and Devin Florzak. Today we have an episode focused on time management and productivity secrets for small government contractors. This one, uh, I think, is something that everybody can relate to, regardless of your focus career-wise. Time management is something that is just necessary across the board for professional development, as well as um, something to really focus on uh, company-wide in order to level up the type of clientele that you're dealing with and to meet your current clientele at where they are um, in your production or um, service life cycle. So, um, you know, just to jump right into it, we have three questions that we'll be covering. Uh, one around the unique time management challenges for small business and government contractors, how small business owners can improve productivity and time management, and what the future holds for small business owners and how they can ensure optimal time management and productivity as they scale their business. So we'll start with the first question, and I'll just pose this to the group here. What do we think are some unique time management challenges that specifically that small government contractors can face when dealing with the federal government? Um, I'll go ahead and jump in on this one. Um, a lot of times with small businesses, usually they're the business consists of, I'd say five people or less. At least that was, you know, that's been our experience coming up where we're trying to come in, trying to find the right team partner, trying to find the contractors that be good, good for us that we can, that we can jump in on and everything. Um, Thing is, <laughs> this is not a lot of people, you know, probably two to five people, if that, um, you know, you're trying to do your current client work, you know, trying to do that to the best of your ability, um, you know, high quality as possible. But then you get into your back office work, you got to get done, you know, on a monthly basis or whatever that may be. Then you're looking into BD efforts, you know, business development, because, you know, you want to try to grow your company as far as doing that. So the question is, like, bandwidth. That's, like, you know, obviously bandwidth do everything gets prioritized. What's most important? None of for us. We always prioritize. The client work is always most important. You know, it goes ahead of back office stuff, goes ahead of business development effort, because for us, without, you know, these these clients, or this group of clients, or this one client it could be or whatever it is, you know, then we have no business to run. So we need to make sure that we take care of everything up front and that's kind of where it originates. And then you build from there, depending on how many people you have, how many resources you have outside of that. You know, it's just, if there's just two or three of you, then you have to divide and conquer whoever's good at doing whatever, um, you know, break it down, break it down in that aspect or whatnot. But, you know, this it's just one of those things where it just depends on how many people you have and the bandwidth and, and what each person can contribute you know, outside of just your regular client work, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, um, that's a huge one. And I think for us, even, um, you know, we're, we're clearly more than, than five people on a, on a team, but, um, bandwidth is always something that's going to be a challenge. Um, uh, at least from, you know, what I've found within our own company, um, it really comes down to the commitment of the staff to, uh, you know, want to put in that extra time to help with the back office things because 
even though, uh, Terrell, you're, you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, client work gets prioritized uh, for the simple reason that we, we need to keep the lights on and we need to keep the client happy. Um, back office work is necessary, especially in a small business where uh, you're hyper-focused on scaling, on bringing in new business. Um, you know, obviously word of mouth works great, but you reach a, a certain point in your development where uh, it's necessary to target um, uh, specific aspects of the back office work uh, with BD or marketing or even HR. Uh, it, these things become necessary. There's no way around them. Um, and trying to find the extra hours in the day when you already have client work you have to deliver on, um, you want to keep some sort of work-life balance if possible, uh, it's, it, it becomes a challenge, uh, an ongoing challenge. Um, I think uh, it, it largely depends on uh, an individual's uh, sort of working uh, structure. Um, you know, how they organize their day, I think, uh, plays a, a large role in um, how effectively the overall company can be with time management. Um, but there there are ways to institutionalize, um, uh, you know, larger uh, time management structures that can help uh, alleviate some of those pain points. But um, it, it is definitely a struggle finding that, that balance and bandwidth. Yeah, agreed. And uh, I don't know if we want to get into specifics here, but um, something that definitely helps me, uh, especially on a, a day like today, is, you know, for people that are working from home, you know, typically I, I usually have, you know, lunch set aside, uh, whether that be a salad or, you know, some fruit or, you know, something specific that's just there and ready. Because as we all know, our, our days, you know, working as a contractor are you know, we pretty much need to stay flexible, um, depending on, you know, any pop-up meetings that might come up, any taskers that, you know, might get pushed up and you gotta, you know, hurry up on and push the suspense date up and things like that. So, you know, something that I probably didn't do too well today, just because, you know, I didn't have something prepared, but, um, you know, that's, that's something that I I usually do to stay on, on track uh, during the day is, you know, the things that I can control, um, you know, I make sure I'm, I'm at least on top of that. So if, anything comes out of our control, you know, during the day, you know, we're, we're ready to go on that. Yeah, I, I, a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and I, I try to leverage time blocking as much as possible. Um, you know, I, I try to live off of my, my calendar as much as I can, but you know, during the course of an eight hour day, something's going to give, <laughs> um, there are plenty of times where I will forget to eat for hours and hours and uh, wonder why I'm starting to feel so fatigued or run down at the end of the day and realize that I haven't haven't sat up from my chair for the last four or five hours. Um, but, you know, in terms of taskers, you know, getting things done for, for the, the client and, and organizing my day in terms of what I have to do with back office work and client work, I really try to use time blocking. Uh, that's kind of the, 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 the default for me. Um, I, I put everything on my calendar from, um, you know, responding to emails to obviously, uh, meetings and, and calls that I have with, with, uh, shareholders and even, um, you know, putting time on the calendar to, to read or, or to, um, uh, 
you know, do some market research for a, a particular uh, product or service that I'm, I'm interested in, in uh, promoting or, or launching. Um, if it's on the calendar, I can justify it. That's that's kind mm-hmm. of my my go to. As as someone who's just curious, Spencer, do you usually set aside like a specific point in the week that you set your calendar? Because that's something that I personally don't do too well, especially when trying to sync up, you know, my calendar on the company side versus calendar on the client side. So I'm just curious in in general, I guess. Uh, For me, I have uh, basically put it on on repeat. So my my calendar, unless there is some uh, anomalous or or you know uh, ad hoc uh, meeting that pops up. I have certain times during the day, every day that I do the same thing, uh, and it just repeats over and over again. Um, I can't. There, if if I had to rely on setting my calendar every week, I would not do it. <laughs> it just it wouldn't get done. I have too many things that that draw my attention away. Um, so you know, I found you know Monday, Wednesday, Thursdays I do X, Y, Z. Tuesday, uh, you know, Fridays I do you know whatever. And it just keeps going on repeat. And I found that that's, that's a way for me to also help with prioritization of my, my work. Um, you know, uh, it's, it, it can become difficult when you have so many projects constantly up in the air to realize, you know, where your mind should be at any given point in time. So to, to mitigate that for my own, uh, you know, mental health, uh, I just make it as regimented as possible and as regular as possible and just go from there. Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. I'm probably slightly different as far as that. Like, I have my my set meetings through the week that typically they they stay as they are. Um, you know, both back office and client client wise. So they're pretty much on a on a schedule as far as that. Then I leave my other blocks open for flexibility. Then I'll usually write down tasks I need to do and rank those as far as importance. And then I kind of know. I know which days I have more flexibility <laughs> than others as far as that. So um, I probably don't have quite as many pop-up stuff as you guys do as of right now for, for the client work. Um, but that's going to probably change within the next couple months as far as that. So like, I, I, I don't block off time, but I know the time frame is kind of in my head, like where I have more flexibility to do whatever I need to do. And um but like I said, I do I do rank my my task in order, kind of write them down each day, what I need to do and everything. Try to knock those tasks out, and then look at the the, the next day, see what I didn't knock out, see if it's still high, if it still needs to be high priority versus what I need to do, you know, the next day. Then I re rank the task, then I go through and try to knock those out and what then go from there. So I don't necessarily block out times where I have to do like, all right, I'm checking my emails this time of the day or whatever. Like sometimes I do that. Maybe I do like early in the morning because get with kids. Sometimes I've taken the babysitter and all that stuff. And, you know, between seven and eight 30, busy doing stuff, family stuff. So it's like, okay, I might wake up at five 30 or six and start going through emails. I may have missed from the previous day or whatever, or emails I see that came through like that night from certain customers or certain clients or whatnot. There, try to knock them out during that time frame or whatever. And then do whatever I do with family and then come back and then get on track, see if any new, e- new emails will come through and then see what my day is like as far as like meetings and everything like that. So I know it's probably a little bit different for me than it would be for Devin <laughs> as far as, you know, thinking about those things. But you know, we all have our own kind of ways of prioritizing, you know, what we try to get done. 
Yeah, I think it's it's definitely an individual venture, um, and you, uh, I think your 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 Zen like disposition allows for that that freedom. You know, uh, you you just have a you're, you're a much more calming, I think, uh, mindset than uh, than it's certainly myself in that regard. Because too much freedom for me equals like literal chaos in my in my head. So, uh, but Devin, what about you, man? How do you uh, how do you find yourself organizing the day? Yeah, I mean. Probably the first thing that I do is look at emails. Um, and that's usually, you know, where I'll maybe try to start a prioritization list where I'll take a look at if there's something that, you know, I need to get to right away. I'll just start doing it. Uh, but if not, then I'll start to work on, you know, other tasks that might be outlying out there and, you know, I'll, I'll get to the emails later. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, some of our stuff is obviously time sensitive and, you know, obviously our tasks are time sensitive too, but I think it's a little bit different when you got a person on the other end of an email, you know, who might, you know, give you a call or something, um, and, or something that's more so ad hoc that you might have to deal with. So, uh, you know, that's probably the first thing that I look to at least, um, and then sort of go about my day after that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably certainly the outlier here, but I, I think you touched on, um, a, a great, a point where, you know, even in my case where I try to stay as regimented as possible, uh, there is an, a necessity for a certain amount of uh, flexibility, um, especially when you're dealing with a client that, um, uh, you know, has time sensitive uh, requests, things like that. Um, you know, you have to be willing to uh, reprioritize at a moment's notice any given tasks. So um, that is something that certainly should not be lost uh, in the conversation as well. So, um, but, you know, kind of zooming out here uh, in terms of the, the business level, you know, h- how do we think small business owners can improve productivity and, and time management, specifically when working with the federal government, given that, you know, the federal government is a very specific beast. Uh, it, it, it has a lot of rules and regulations that need to be followed. Um, things don't happen nearly as quickly as the private sector. Um, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of work to be done. Uh, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, we don't have to be very um, uh, sensitive to the client's time and um, adhere to certain time frames, as well as, like I said, maintaining that flexibility. So, you know, just broadly, um, you know, h- how do we think about uh, small businesses uh, improving productivity and time management with the government. Yeah, I think what I mentioned before about being ready and something that's obviously super specific, you know, just have something ready for lunch uh, that's quick and accessible. But something that can sort of be parlayed into that is just um, at least something that I do is regarding uh, anticipation about uh, the certain meetings that are on your schedule for the day. If you know a certain topic is going to be discussed at, at a meeting later in the day, uh, usually I'll do some pre-work on, you know, whether it might be needed or not, but just to have it ready for that meeting, I think is important. And also shows that to the client, especially that, you know, you have your stuff together um, and you're pretty much ready to discuss any topic that might come about in that meeting. So I think just having that factor of anticipation is important. Um, and, and also helps you sort of stay ahead in your work as well. Yeah, I'll agree with Devin there as far as like having that preparedness ready for, you know, you can, you can kind of foresee hopefully the questions that are coming your way. So you're not overly surprised 
by anything, ideally. Uh, you can answer those things quickly. Have your team, have the team that you're working with be ready to answer those questions uh, quickly. Um, also, like I said, we have different teams, so, you know, everybody kind of splits the work or delegates um, the work or activities, you know, based on their strengths or also based on bandwidth as well. <laughs> as far as that, you know, got to gotta work smartly uh, together as a team to, to reach the common goals. So that, that's another thing to kind of uh, think about whenever uh, prioritizing uh, certain things, especially work with the client. Um, overall, as far as like trying to get business, you kind of know, you know, Devin has spoken about previously about what he's doing to kind of look at, you know, Sam.gov and try to prioritize like what to go after, um, what to go after, how you're going after it. Does it fit, you know, for us, our, our P win value, you know, does it, does it match up the points that of our, um, you know, of our strengths as a company, you know, do we have a right team partner for it? It's going to be worth the time to go through it. How long is it going to take to do it? How long is it going to take to write it? How much new writing do we have to do to it? So it's like, you can, you kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of plan ahead. Um, how many, guess how much effort, how many resources you have to exhibit towards it. And then you can probably time up or you can probably schedule out, um, I guess the timing of it based on that, um, based on what you've already done previously before and what you're going to have to, um, bring new to the table whenever kind of trying to win the particular bid or win a particular business uh, from a client uh, as far as doing that. So you can kind of, based on previous experience, kind of know what you have to do going forward um, as far as writing writing those proposals, which that's probably something that a, a newer small business or something that's new getting to federal government contracting, they might have a little more issues with as far as that because they don't have that, that experience. They just really just trial and error for a period of time until they get their process down. But once they get their processes down, then they can kind of judge and see how long it's going to take to put out a proposal, you know, based on the link that's allowed and whatnot there. So, Yeah, and I think um, you two touched on uh, two really important uh, points there, um, which is anticipation as a tool uh, and delegation as a tool. And, you know, to the first point, anticipation, um, I think, you know, regardless of who your client is, um, being able to anticipate the needs and 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 uh, pain points and requests uh, is is something that uh, any any contractor worth their salt has to become very very proficient at, uh, and that uh, boils down to you know learning your client, um, learning the systems in which you operate, and becoming uh, experts in that in that domain. Um, staying ahead of what the client needs uh, is is crucial to um, long term success, as well as just overall uh, company wide discipline in terms of you know adding value to that client. Um, so that that one's huge, and especially in the federal government, um, you know, being able to anticipate their needs, staying on top of everything from uh, you know agency wide changes to government wide changes to different, uh, in our case, you know, different things that may be happening uh, in the news, international realm, things like that. Just staying abreast of of as much of the the client's needs and interests as possible, so that you can uh, look, you know, three four five steps down the road and anticipate what they may need uh, because that then helps you uh, prioritize and overall just manage your time better and allocate your resources in the most efficient way. Uh, and then to delegation, um, you know, being able to um, break up the tasks so that not so much falls on any individual or any team and that, um, 
people are able to uh, pr- achieve some sort of uh, uh, balance within their their overall bandwidth in terms of the work they're doing and the work life balance, uh, because that's also important uh, and that can't be um, you know forgotten about in, in the in the whole scheme of uh, finding the most efficient way to get work done. So um, those are those are excellent excellent points to uh, to to point out there. And you know, just looking ahead, and this is this is going to involve us to put on our, our kind of thinking ta- caps and, and speculate here. But you know, what future trends should small business owners look to or prepare for to ensure uh, you know time management and productivity is being optimized in in a way that's both uh, sustainable and uh, can work as a value add to their clients. Yeah, I think I could definitely speak on this. Regarding automation, I think it's best to sort of pilot with your own company, automating, you know, your own functions, you know, as we start getting into working with some of our own data um, on the BD side, I think it's a good thing that we're obviously looking to automate some of that, but you know, the next step could be, you know, how do we do that on the client side? And I know that some challenges that we have on the client side, at least, is that there's obviously a lot of rules and restrictions about the type of technology you can use, especially around open source software. And I think it's important to sort of communicate with your client what you're trying to do and the sort of modes that you're trying to do it with. At least for myself, I definitely use a lot of open source software and you know, my personal opinion, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, a lot of the world is sort of trending that way, uh, especially in you know the tech world. And I think that's something that, you know, the government is definitely lacking right now is that accessibility to open source code, which, you know, obviously there, there can be some downfalls there. You, you don't really want to introduce some malicious code that is just grabbed off the internet from, you know, who knows where, um, but again, I, I think it's important to sort of communicate to your client, you know, what you're trying to do, uh, you know, why you're trying to do it and, and why it's important um, for them to sort of implement that. Uh, because there are definitely things that, you know, at least that we see that can be automated that do take up a lot of time right now, where if we can figure out how to, you know, sort of shorten that time period that we're, we're working on certain things, you know, we can be better used elsewhere for sure. Yeah, I think you know the, the the overall digital transformation that that uh, the the world, um, the commercial and the the, the government sector is um, coming to grips with um, is something that is inevitable at this point. Uh, you know that the tide of progress is is pushing everything forward, uh, wh- whether you like it or not. Um, obviously, the government just um, inherently is an institution that. Uh, is resistant to to sudden changes and and uh, and especially sudden sudden changes in, in operational structure um, and especially uh, sudden changes in any sort of um, potential security concerns that that may uh, you know be introduced um, from something like AI or um, you know these open open language models and uh, different uh, automation uh, AI that that are being uh, developed now, but. You know, I think this is where the private sector is going to kind of lead the charge. Um, it, 
there is, uh, in my mind, there's no realistic way that the government uh, will not be able to adopt some of these technologies. Um, it's it's just a matter of um, you know simple competition with with our our, our international uh, peers. You know when you have uh, large uh, you know uh, rival countries uh, deeply integrating AI. Uh, into their 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 uh, governmental systems as a way to optimize and uh, make more efficient, um, you know, critical uh, structures within the government. There's no way to to um, make up that 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 delta with uh, you know manual manpower. <laughs> uh, it it you have to go. Uh, you, the, the government's going to have to um, you know take seriously a, a lot of these. Um, Really commercially available uh, software options that are um, out there right now uh, that can just completely streamline so many lines of business, um, and it's really just about being sensitive to the, like you said, Devin, uh, being sensitive to to the fact that uh, change will happen, uh, you know, at the government's pace. Um, being transparent with the client around the tools that you know you are using if you're interacting with them, um, but I think also for small businesses, it's, it's important to not shy away from um, you know being experimental where you can in terms of uh, optimization and, and creating more efficiencies in your workflow. Um, you know, for us, we we utilize uh, some of these large language models with some of the marketing material that we we develop. Um, and it's it's created a world of difference, um, and you know, just being open to that that option has allowed us to uh, sort of punch above our weight in a lot of ways. And I think that um, a lot of small businesses feel the same. Uh, they feel like these these tools are something that um, is going to be kind of revolutionary in terms of how they're able to position themselves in the market and uh, help de- deliver more value to their clients. So. Um, you know, I think it's, it's definitely something that uh, can't be ignored. Um, even if you're dealing with a larger institution like the government that may be resistant to, to some of these, these new, new developments. So, well, this one's short and sweet, covered a lot of ground here. I think time management is something that we can all relate to and we will all definitely be, uh, speaking to, uh, in, in multiple different ways, um, but we can go ahead and end it there. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Country Intelligence Report. Please like and subscribe to stay on top of the latest developments with the show. For more information on the Country Intelligence Group, please visit our website at www.countryintel.com. You can also be found across multiple social media platforms at Country Intel.